me to the book of John. John 21. took it out of me. <laughs> Amen, that's better. Y'all there? John 21, beginning at verse 15. Just going to read three verses in your hearing. And I don't know what version I'm looking at, but it should read the same no matter what. I think it's a new international version. Matter of fact, it is. John, 15, John 21, 15 through 17, it reads... When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third verse, the 17th verse says, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come, O oh Lord, standing in a place that I know I'm not worthy to stand, doing something that I know I'm not worthy to do. But Lord God, because of your Holy Spirit and your choosing, I'm here in this place, not to do my will, but your will. So have your way. Touch every heart. Touch our, start with me purge anything that is not like me out of me. That the only thing that will be seen is Christ Jesus. And the only thing that will be heard would be your Holy Spirit. And to thine be the glory for what you are doing and what you have done and what you're about to do. This is our prayer in Jesus Christ's holy and righteous name. Amen. I'm sure you have studied and heard this narrative many times. Am I right about it? Yeah. And for those who have not heard, you're going to hear it now. Yeah. Most of you focused on, in your study, and even preached or taught, was the dialogue centered around the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter's response, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And I'm sure you have had or have been taught that the original Greek gives better insight to what was being said and clarifies the many and the many and the depth of the words translated to our English love. I'm sure you have been told or read. That, Je that when Jesus used the word love in the Greek, it is the word agapeo. Except on the third iteration, he used the word phileo. 
But in Peter's response to the Lord's question, he used the Greek word phileo. And neither respond and never responded with the level of love that Jesus questioned him with. We are then told that agapio is the love of God that is full of compassion, sacrificial with no expectation of an equal I can't even talk anymore. An equal change or delivery back to the person who's actually giving it. We get the demonstration of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for our sins and the scripture that tells us that while we were still in our sins and totally guilty and undeserving of his death, Christ died for the ungodly. Not because we earned such an act, but because of this love that God has for humanity and all creation. We are then told or read in 1 John 4 that the mere fabric, the fabric of God, the essence of God is the fact that God is love. So we understand that Peter is in, in his pre-Holy Spirit filled state that means before the Pentecost was unable to comprehend, he was unable to comprehend, let alone generate this godly love. So therefore, Emmanuel, God with us, then lowers the expectation on Peter and met him where he was and asked him, do you feel a old me? Do you have brotherly love capacity for me? And Peter then was then able to reciprocate in kind. Y'all walking with me? Is this basically what you understood? On your intimate exchange between this disciple and his master? I don't want you to focus on this exchange of love challenge, but since we are uh, on our pastor's 35th pastoral anniversary, I want to focus on this pastoral charge. For a little while, I want to talk about the charge of the under-shepherd. The charge of an under-shepherd. Can I read this passage again from the English Standard Version and then from the Amplified Version? When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
from the Amplified Version, it reads, it reads, so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do with total commitment and devotion? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Again, he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with, with total commitment and devotion? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep personal affection for me as a close friend? Peter was aggrieved that he asked him for the third time, do you really love me with a deep personal affection as for a close friend? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. The reason I read these from these versions, and there are others that read the same, because the King James Version repeats feed on all three challenges. However, when I refer to the original Greek, I find the second usage is not the same as the first and the third. Are y'all with me? The first and the third uses the word bosco. Or does, and, it, and it should read, does not mean the feed, it means to feed or to nourish sheep. However, the third word is pomeo, which refers to the process of shepherding, guiding, guarding, folding, and providing pasture. This is a challenge and a, and a right to authority for the welfare of the flock. Peter was then pastor, was given pastoral and shepherding authority from the one who is the good shepherd. What I noticed about the charge when it came and who it was applied to, it came at a time when this man Peter questioned himself. He questioned his relationship with the one who he told he would never abandon him, but yet he turned his back on him and denied him three times. Are y'all walking with me? He questioned his loyalty, his ability to measure up, his right to be a bearer of the mantle of the Savior. I can imagine Peter felt straight up unworthy. But yet Peter was the first to run to Jesus where many of us would have hid from him. Am I right about it? Can I make a point here? It does not matter what you have done or how you have turned away from the faith. 
There is forgiveness and restoration at the cross. Don't run from the Lord. Run to the Lord. Even if you have to leave your crew on the proverbial boat and swim for it, go to him and meet the challenge. That was free, y'all. That, that wasn't even part of the sermon. So I noticed something about this charge to this pastor. There was a necessity of a love connection. First, Jesus said to Peter, do you love me more than these others do? Hmm. And in my study, I, I, I ran across this commentary that says, in several commentaries, but uh, Brother Spurgeon, great theologian of, of Great Britain, said that Peter denied, well, told Jesus that I won't abandon you even if they do. And Jesus come back and says, but do you love me more than they do? <laughs> That's some kind of challenge, isn't it? How is that preacher? Well, one thing, a shepherd cannot run off and leave the flock, but stay no matter the weather, the dangers, or the personal conflicts. You cannot measure your love based on someone else's love. Your love has to be unconditional love for the one who called you. The love for the flock is only superseded by the love for God. And it is that love that connects that will to keep the under-shepherd engaged with the flock. I told you I've been there about 17 years and I think I left 17 times. During the pandemic, I went over a lot of, a lot of stuff that I've taught over the last 16 years. And I said, I done went through a whole bunch of stuff with these people and they still in the same spot that I was in 16 years ago. I ain't going back. But God didn't call me to be a servant just to people. But he called me to be a servant to him. And I promised him I'll serve him until I die. Well, one thing, I understand the love that you have for your flock, preacher. Drives you to your knees. But the love you have for God gets you up off your knees. Am I right about it? Here's something else I noticed. How the shepherd engages with the flock is depending on their maturity level. Y'all gonna get that when you go out the door. Jesus tells Peter first to feed the lambs. Lambs are the tender ones. Lambs can be the children. 
and the old folk. Lambs are the newborn babes. And some of the old folk ain't got it yet. Because the writer of Hebrews said you should be on meat. But you still have a need for milk. Because you're still a lamb. You can be in a 50-year uh, relationship in the church and have a one-month relationship with God. Lambs don't eat the same things as sheep do. Are y'all with me? Their initial diet is milk from a mother's womb. I was going to say another word, but I ain't going to do it. <laughs> Breast, that's the word. Yeah, 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 that's it. Okay, okay. <laughs> and if the mother sheep is not available because of maybe death or sickness, then it is the shepherd's responsibility to find a suckling sheep. Come on, somebody. So that little lamb can cozy up to that breast and be fed. And if that's not the case, then it's a shepherd's responsibility to get milk in a bottle. Hold the lamb and make sure the lamb is nourished. Are y'all walking with me? Ah. And this has to go on for the first few days or weeks of the Lamb's life. But there is an expectation that the Lamb will grow up and start eating with the rest of the sheep. Are y'all walking with me? The spiritual food of a young saint cannot be the same as the mature meat of a mature saint. It is the shepherd's job to ensure the young saints are nourished with the milk of God's word. Broken down to the point that they can digest it and it will nourish every part of their soul. Then Jesus used the term tending or shepherding the sheep. This refers to the authority of the under-shepherd given to them by the chief shepherd. In Psalm 23, we are given the picture of this authority. The care of the shepherd leading sheep beside still waters, restoring their soul, tending to the needs and in some cases the wants Correcting and guiding with strong uh, dis discipline with the rod of correction, which is the word of God. Ensuring the water and the word and the power of the Holy Spirit is present in worship to the overflow without compromise. Spiritual protection from the hirelings and the worldly teachings of this world. Tending and shepherding is a tough job that requires partnership with other folk who are tending with them 
called deacons and other ministers and mature saints and elders. This Jesus, then Jesus applies feeding again to sheep. These are the mature sheep. Sheep who are ready to exercise their gifts in ministry. Paul states it this way in Ephesians 4 beginning at verse 11. He gave, he gave the apostles, a prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunnings, by craftiness and in deceit for deceitful schemes, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Somebody say grow up. Yeah, we need to grow up in every way into him who is head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which with, with which with it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds, it builds itself up in love. In other words, there's a measure in which the pastor and the deacons, the minister and the older saints are there to nourish and equip everybody. But there's a measure in which you got to be there to do your part. You can't wait for the pastor to keep on holding your hand. You can't wait for the deacons to keep on praying just for you. But it's good for them to pray for you. But it's better that you pray for yourself. And it's best for you to be able to pray for someone else. Are y'all walking with me? Therefore, there is an expectation. For each one of us to grow up and to grow out to do ministry. And it is the fivefold ministry responsibility to help you get there. I'm about to end this message. Well, there is one more crucial point to be made that should not be overlooked here. Notice on all three charges from Jesus, he repeated something. My lambs, my sheep, my sheep. I had to learn this the hard way past. They are not mine. They belong to the shepherd. He did not give the under-shepherd ownership, just stewardship. Come on, somebody. It has and forever and forever will be his flock. When I realized this for myself, I came to understand that when it is time to leave, 
I'm not leaving them in the hands of another pastor. But I'm putting them back in the hands of the one that he's never left them. Nor would he ever forsake them. He's consistently and constantly there. Come on, somebody. He just uses us to do his will. But he does not relinquish his role and responsibility as the shepherd. Not my sheep, but his sheep. Not my church, but his church. He has laid down his life for all. Am I right about it? And he's still there and holds himself responsible for the care of his sheep. We are just here to do our part to nourish, cherish, guide, and help. But we're not here to die for you. We're not here to martyr ourselves for you. We're not here to carry your sins. We're not here to carry your guilt. That's already been done. For he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. I'm so glad that I'm not here. And you're not here to be a shepherd. We're just here to help him do his job. Aren't you glad about it? But the one I think I learned that not only do the sheep need a shepherd, but there is a need that we need to be shepherd ourselves. We need to be fed ourselves. We need to be guided ourselves. We're just as much of a sheep as you are. Aren't you glad about it? So I have a shepherd who leads me beside the still water. I have a shepherd who restores my soul. I got a shepherd that fills me until I won't no more. He promised never to leave us, never to leave us alone. So I'm just a big sheep in the midst of a fold. I got a responsibility to lose a sheep, but he has a responsibility to me. In fact, the Bible gives us something else to call us. Call us ox. Said, do not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. I'm so glad that there is a, a work to do. But at the same time, I am yoked to the body of Christ. I'm yoked to Jesus Christ. I'm not there treading by myself. He's got his hands on me. He's got his hands on you. My God shall supply all, not just some, but all my needs with his riches and glory. Yeah.
While you leading, we're being led. While you're being fed, we're being fed. While you're being taken care of, we're being taken care of. And I can't take care of nobody unless God takes care of me. While he was down on his bed of affliction, God was there to heal his body. While he was there, and while he's still there, hooked up to a machine on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, God was taking the impurities out of his soul and flushing him with the power of the Holy Ghost. While he was there, couldn't get on his knees because of his bed of affliction. He could roll over and turn his face to the wall like Hezekiah. Lord, you know all that I need to do. Give me 15 more years. Give me just a little while longer to do your will. God meet him on his bed of affliction. He said, Nathaniel, I'm going to give you a little longer to do my will. But it's not your will, but it's my will to be done. They're going to walk around the wall of Jericho and the wall shall come down. Just keep on lifting up the banner of the protection around them. Keep on standing on the wall. Keep on tooting the horn, telling the world that I serve a Savior. His name is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Just keep on preaching. Just keep on teaching. Keep on praying. Keep on staying. God will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now enter into the joy of the Lord, where I'll make you ruler over many. Thirty-four years. Thirty-four years. Next year is not promised, but today is the day that the Lord hath made, and he shall rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Happy anniversary, Pastor. Happy anniversary, sis. Little Romo. <laughs> Little Nathaniel. That's what I call them, too. Hey, Amen. One look like daddy, one act like daddy, and the other one look like mama and act like. Lord have mercy. Then they had a nerve. She had the nerve to have a have a have a, a, a grandpa clone. My goodness. My goodness. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Smell your flowers while you may. Because tomorrow is not promised. You, you, you stayed on the wall for 34 years. More than half your life. Amen. Keep on doing what God called you to do. And a crown of life is waiting just for you. A reward 
that Jesus says, I got with me. It's, it, I have him with you. And I'll give it to you a crown that nobody else can take away. It belongs just for you. Your crown don't look like my crown. It's, it's fit for your head. Come on, somebody. Your robe, I can't wear your robe. It's tailor-made just for you. Your shoes are not my shoes, but they're your shoes. A size 34 right now, <laughs> but they're your shoes. Amen. And you're going to fit it well. And when we all get to heaven, I got another person to look forward to. I'm going to look for my mama. After I see Jesus, she's the next one I want to see. I want to see my mama. Amen. She just gave me another reason to work harder. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God is good. Now, let, let, let me not make myself a liar. It's good to see you again. <laughs> gave him my warning order that it won't be too much longer. But I know where I'm going. If I don't go to heaven, I know where I'm going. When I leave Strickland, I'm coming back home. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Arena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.